Welcome to the Grow Old With Me podcast, where we connect our family to yours through openness and vulnerability, while keeping God's truth at the center of our discussions. Welcome to the Grow Old With Me podcast. This is episode four, and we'll be discussing fighting fair in marriage in this one. And uh, I think this could be a loaded topic for a lot of people. Yeah, especially us. us. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully in recording this, uh, Crystal and I don't end up fighting. (laughs) Um, Because it happens. (laughs) Yes, it does. Um, And we're just talking about, we want to discuss right off the bat that um, people should fight in a marriage. And I... I don't know if we should use the word fight. Right. But people maybe disagree. Disagree in a marriage. And if if you're in a marriage where you are never disagreeing on anything, that that isn't necessarily healthy. It might seem healthy. It might actually be like a really pleasant marriage, but it's probably one. only one <laughs> one-sided. Yeah, because if no one's ever um airing their their complaints or their disagreements or um expressing what's going wrong, uh, it's it doesn't necessarily mean that nothing's going wrong. In fact, it probably doesn't. It it probably means that somebody's just uh, in the marriage. Someone's just internalizing all of that complaint, um, letting it fester, and not dealing with it. And that's in the long run not going to be good for the marriage. Even though in the short run it it might look um, like like a more put together marriage to not disagree. It's actually going to be better for you to deal with those issues. Uh, as soon as you can. And then on the other side of it is the fighting unfairly, which, um, unfortunately we've crossed over into the fighting unfairly from time to time. And it seems like we get to a good, like one of us eventually ends up saying, Oh man, we haven't really had a big (laughs) fight fight in a while. And then what ends up happening is like the next week we do, but like we're fighting every night. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but I think in a marriage, I think We've been married eight years now, and I think we've found some strategies that we'll talk about in a little bit yeah. to um, to fight more fair. Right. But, but maybe we'll talk about right now. Yeah, those strategies have really can... those they've really come uh, out of necessity because we haven't necessarily um, fought fairly uh, throughout the the marriage. We we've definitely. Uh, done things wrong and as a result of those i think we've had to dig into some resources to find ways to fight correctly Um, but what are some things we've done wrong i mean the list kind of goes for a while we've done plenty wrong so i think for me um i am more of an emotions-based person i think and i when i get upset i will usually turn to yelling or insulting um, and I've also been pretty immature at times. I think a while ago, Peter was on the computer and I grabbed it from him and walked into the other room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny now. It wasn't at the time. I mean, I was pretty upset. So I think I, I go into like immature baby mode. Yeah. And I think I, I go maybe the other ways is, is when I see those, uh, tempers starting to flare or things getting, um, like uh, the emotions are starting to, to fly around. I think what what I do is maybe I'll, I'll try to to I, I pretend I'm taking some high road and I just like I shut down and I'm like oh I'm Crystal I'm not gonna deal with you 
uh, until you can call, talk to me calmly. And then all of a sudden I'm not talking at all. And I'll just straight up. Now I'm doing like this immature baby mode of just ignoring her altogether. Cause I'll refuse to, uh, get, get into the conversation at all. Or I'll, I'll just straight up leave altogether so that I don't have to, uh, deal with the issue. Um, yeah. And, and there's sometimes there's nothing wrong with leaving for a little bit, but what I would do is I'd leave with with really no intent on coming back and making things right. So I'd just be away from her, just being angry about uh, what just happened in there. And I'd, I'd eventually come back, perhaps hours later, and still we wouldn't be any closer to resolving that conflict. So there's some things I do that, that haven't gone right in the past. And I think both of us... Um, but I think women are more noto- notorious for doing this, but, um, taking things from past arguments or past hurt feelings yeah. and dredging them back up, yeah. um, in a fight that we're having in the present. Right. And I think that just makes things really difficult because then it's putting, it's adding insult to injury. Right. We're just heaping on the hurt Yeah. Feelings. And it's like any, anything from the past, like any fight from the past, even if it was forgiven and resolved is now fair game. When the fight starts coming out where we're like, Oh, well, three years ago you hurt me this way, you know, and it has nothing to do with what we're currently arguing about, but we just want to go on the offensive and uh, attack the other person. I think maybe I do that because uh, I want to maybe get the attention off the things that I've done wrong and redirect them back to what she's done wrong. And it maybe makes me look better to, to make her look bad. And in the long run, that, oh boy, it doesn't help at all. Uh, I think um, that's one thing we both, you know, is going on the offensive. But I think the other thing that really um, keeps the fight from resolving that I do is I get incredibly defensive and I have some justification for every way that I've hurt my wife. And I, I refuse to take responsibility for what it is that Crystal's trying to tell me that I did wrong. And, and by trying to rationalize and justify and make a reason for every single thing that I did wrong that hurt her, uh, I end up hurting her more because what, what we really need is someone to humble themselves and say, I'm sorry. And that's, I think in our marriage, we've really kind of uh, gone back and forth. On, I'm trying to find out <laughs> who, who's going to be the bigger person here and, and end this by, by humbling themselves and saying, I'm sorry. I think it's a really lonely place in marriage to be disagreeing. Like it, it feels good to be in communion together. And when we're having these disagreements or fights, it can be very hurtful and feel very isolating. Um, and I think we need to remember that sin has entered the world and this is a result of our sin. And, um, we need to rely on God. That's how we combat any of our sins. And I think um, our best argument, our our best um, resolutions of arguments have come from going our separate ways for a little while and doing some praying and reflection time. And at that point, I think we're both so ready for resolution and um, to be close to each other again. And that can only come from God. Through, like taking a minute and just remembering who's in charge here and whose we are and just getting right with him. Um, one of our family friends at a woman's gathering said that when her and her husband are arguing, she'll look at him and say, I am not the enemy here. Um, and it, it just feels so true in our lives that we think that 
our spouse is the enemy and that's really Satan working in our lives and trying to separate us because he doesn't want us to be working together because two is better than one. Um, And this verse, Ephesians 6, verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So I think we need to remember that we are battling Satan here and not our spouse. Right. Yeah, in fact, we're, we're on the same team, even even if at the time it doesn't seem like we're on the same team. And it, I think um, to be on the same team, I think we have to kind of keep in mind what that looks like so that we can try to be on the same team together. And and I, I know it kind of goes together at, at a lot of weddings, um, but I think it really looks like love. And to look at what... Uh, First Corinthians says about love, I think is a great way to stay on the same page and on the same team as each other. In fact, Crystal and I had this passage read, as I'm sure many of you listeners who are married uh, had this passage read at your wedding, because it seems like a big wedding passage. But listen uh, to how to be on the same team and how to show love to one each other. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Uh, and if we were really doing those things, I think first a lot of our fights could be uh, avoided in the first place. But uh, at best, I think it could definitely minimize the cheap shots and the uh, the insults and, and the the fighting unfairly that we do. If we if we keep in mind that uh, we're not rude, self-seeking, easily angered, or holding record of wrongs, uh, I think we're going to be fighting more fairly if we can just keep in mind what God says about love. And there's a lot of verses in the Bible. Um, The other one we thought of was Ephesians 4, verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And I think we need to remember that in marriage. I think you get married and you're like, oh, it's just, I think you understand how selfish you really are when you get married. Because before that, you only had to think about yourself. And when you have to think about somebody else's needs and wants, it can be... Difficult, And I think remembering that humility, like the world does not revolve around me. There are other people in it and putting your spouse above yourself. Right. Yeah. That forgiving, I think, um, you even, you even said something from, um, Mrs. Graham. Oh yeah. Um, I like this quote that a happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers by Ruth Belgram and, uh, it really is. I think if, I think there have been times when both Peter and I have been really stubborn and we've been like, well, I, at least I think in my head, well, I was, I went and was humble last time and I, <laughs> right. um, like and, we need to take turns forgiving each other. And I think when we dig our saying, heels, I'm sorry. Right. And I think when we dig our heels in like that, it can be so hard because, right the fight continues and it doesn't get resolved and that makes things so much worse. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, that a good marriage comes from being good forgivers. Um, and that's the other thing. I think when when we're fighting, just to remember that um, when we love each other, when we're not boastful and proud, I mean, that's what keeps us from saying, I'm sorry, is that pride in the first place, is that we can really cover over a multitude of sins. Uh, like what Peter says is that, uh, that's what love does. It covers over a multitude of sins. Is that we don't have to maybe hold that record of wrongs by being loving. We can forgive, and by by forgiving, then we're going to cover that up. And and the last thing I was going to say is that 
um, you know, we're not going to overcome evil with evil. The only way to, to fix a fight, uh, to, do, to undo a wrong, even if it is your spouse that you're mad at, you undo that by doing what is good. You overcome evil with good. So for the practical side of things, in our marriage, we do a few things to fight fairly. And I think the best thing that we've implemented just probably in the last year, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was in within the last year, was um, the idea of a timeout. And we got it from the book called Seven Steps to an Awesome Marriage. Something like that. We'll put it in the show notes. Show notes. But, yeah. um, um, the basic idea of it is that one of the spouses calls timeout and they set like, I need a timeout. I'll be back in 20 minutes and then we can resolve this. But the basic point of that 20 minutes is so that that spouse can work on their emotions and their feelings and pray and get to the point where they can go back to their spouse and ask for forgiveness. Right. And there's some some rules that we had to put in that timeout ahead of time to make sure that it's effective. And one of those was that no matter how heated or angry or what kind of point you want to make, if your spouse calls a timeout, you need to agree ahead of time to honor that timeout, that you don't continue uh, to try to make your point. But when that timeout is called that you say, okay, and now the person who calls timeout has to set a time. I need 20 minutes or 40 minutes that you're going to come back. So you got to agree ahead of time to honor that timeout. And I think it's reassuring. Um, I think it's easier to honor a timeout when you know that in a set amount of time, your spouse is going to come back and work it out with you. I think it's a lot easier to honor that than them just walking out the door and you having no idea when they're coming back. And honestly, like Crystal was saying, that's going to be a better use of time, I think, if, if individually we can you know, try to step back from the situation and reflect on what was my role in this argument and what can I take responsibility for and apologize for and then try to get right with God and then come back and get right with your spouse. I think that's going to be probably help you resolve that argument faster than if you had just used that 20 minutes to hash it out amongst the two of you. And more than likely, if you're fighting unfairly, both parties have something to apologize for. Right. So. <laughs> right. Um, another thing we do is we try to resolve our issues before we go to bed. Is right. that, that is a Bible verse. I think don't let the sun set on your anger. Something like that. Yep. Um, and I really, I think there are marriages that just don't resolve right. their issues and right. And yeah, there are, there are times I think where that's incredibly difficult to do because of how upset or how um, loaded the topic that you're having a disagreement about can be. And it can take some time to work through all of the hurt feelings, Um, especially if this is maybe the first time it's coming up and maybe someone was taken uh, by surprise on on how the disagreement was um, addressed. Um, It maybe takes a little bit of time to to come to uh, some resolution. And um, it can be difficult, but I think it's important to, to make sure that you're not just starting your next day um, as if nothing had happened to make sure that you're starting the day as a married couple who's together and unified. Mm-hmm. Um, we also thought that every marriage has some hot button topics that it's like, um, these are fighting words, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. just issues. Money usually is a big one for a lot of marriages, yeah. disciplining children, 
dealing with families outside of your, what do you call it, nuclear family. Immediate family, sure. Yeah. Um, And I think sometimes those can just cause stress and arguments, just it coming up. Right. So avoiding those topics when you know you're already stressed out, like if it's a busy week, maybe you can say let's find a time when we're not so stressed to discuss this and work it out. Right. Maybe like try to plan ahead and schedule those potentially defensive causing topics. But they shouldn't be when you're super hungry or you're super stressed or late at night. Or in the middle of some other fight that has nothing to do with it. (laughs) Yes. Because that's, I think, sometimes what I do is like, I'm like, oh, we're fighting? Well, this is what I'm mad about. So here you go. Um, And then I think Basically, praying is essential to the fighting. If you take a timeout, that's what you should be during, doing during that timeout. Right. Getting right with God so you can go get right with your spouse. And, and what a great way to resolve things is if you can sit down and pray together. I think it's almost impossible to be fighting with each other while together holding hands, talking to God together. Though that is kind of an asterisk. It is very difficult, I think to start talking to God after you've been an immature baby. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing. Like you almost wonder like if God even wants to hear from you. Um, but obviously he does and he knows that we're broken human beings. Uh, it is while we're sinners, he died for us. So obviously um, he, he wants us to, to bring our, our brokenness and sins to him. But I think personally, it's, it's hard to hold my wife's hand and say uh, collectively, um, God, we're sorry when uh, I'm embarrassed on what, how I just behaved. But it's important to do that. And I think that goes along with it is letting go of our own guilt and being good forgivers of ourself. Yeah. Because God doesn't want us to sit and wallow in our guilt because that separates us from him. And he wants us in communion with him. Right. Just as we're not supposed to hold record of wrong against our spouse, I think it's important to not hold record of wrong against ourselves and to fester in that, that shame and guilt. And then the last one we had was just to keep forgiving over and over again. I think there's some hurts that maybe last a little longer or you're reminded of more. And maybe that's something that you want to bring up during a fight, but you need to remember, nope, we've resolved this. And sometimes maybe it's something that you have to turn over on a daily basis and be like, no, I forgive this person. I forgive them. Right. Yeah, just because you've forgiven them the one time doesn't mean that instantly it's always settled once for all. So, whether you are a couple that is afraid to air your disagreements, or a couple that fights way too often, let's remember to call a timeout, humbly get right with God, and resolve our conflicts with forgiveness and love.